Welcome to Connecting with the Toms podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Tom, a trauma-informed movement specialist. I'm Dr. Dick Tom, a biological medicine physician. Uh, we wish to share the untold truth about health and fitness industry based on our combined 70 plus years of experience. We want you to connect and feel empowered in your own mind and body by interacting with each other. This show is about connection for you, for us, and for the world. This is Connecting with the Toms podcast. Let's start connecting. In the last few couple of years with COVID is how sedentary our society has become. Uh, by necessity with COVID, uh, people stopped literally going, uh, not going out of their house. Uh, and in fact, uh, as a result of that, many people now go to work from their bedroom to their kitchen, to their bathroom, to their office. And that's about the extent of the movement that they have to do. And, and what it is creating, in addition to the challenges that COVID has created, uh, is the fact that we have become even more unfit, uh, you know, as a nation, uh, as, a, as a world, really. And so the, the focus today is to, you know, remind you uh, of the types of things, the reason uh, of our evolution. Uh, our evolution was is that we didn't have a car, we didn't have bicycles, we didn't have airplanes. Uh, all we had was two feet. Uh, and the two feet are, are a necessary component of health. And so what we're going to try and emphasize today is th the types of things that what we hope you would like to be able to do. What, you know, when you think about it, what, when you look at your grandparents, uh, what is it that you feel that, uh, that they're not able to do that you would hope that you will be able to do? Uh, so I often say to my patients, uh, you know, when you're 75, 80 years old, uh, if you were to drop a $100 bill on the ground, would you be able to bend over and pick it up? Or what about sitting on the toilet? Or what about getting in and out of a bathtub? Uh, what about getting in and out of a car comfortably? What about doing everyday things? What about reaching up into the cupboard uh, to, to get a cup, to uh, have a cup of tea? Uh, and in my um, experience with, with the patients who mostly have some nature of chronic disease, this, those everyday things are unfortunately are a real challenge. So we're going to share with you is something that we hope you can incorporate into everyday life so that when you are 75 and 80 years old, you will be able to pick up your grandkids. Uh, you will be able to travel if uh, that's one of your desires. Uh, you will be able to en enjoy the, the, the fruits of all the labors that you had up to that point in life. Uh, you know, to live out your golden years uh, with with some level of optimal performance and optimal wellness. So, you know, the the aspect is is that where no matter where you are right now, uh, the goal is to uh, address and to look at what we're calling going to call the seven primal movements. Yes. So the seven primal movements. What are they? They are squat, lunge, bend, twist, push, pull, and walking. And so. Uh, when you were born and you wanted to start moving and you started exploring the world, these are the seven movements that you did as a baby. So the first one um, was actually uh, rolling, a rolling pattern. So that's something that we can add on um, as well, but that's more of like the twist motion. But essentially, if you are somebody that is currently living a sedentary life and you want to start get to get moving, uh, first of all, I know dad, like you love this video. It's a YouTube video called 23 and a half hours by who was it again? Uh, Dr. Evans. 
Dr. Evans, and it's a fantastic eight minute video that um, just talks about that we all have time in the day to move our bodies. Um, but what can we do to start moving our bodies if you've been living a sedentary life? And especially many of us um, became a little bit more sedentary living at home due to the pandemic. So starting with primal movements is a great way um, to do that. So there, you know, like not to say that you, you know, get up and just start doing like a hundred squats or anything like that. But the idea is that we want to, to work within the range of motion, motion that you feel safest with. So that's an important thing to understand too, is that you're only as strong as your joints. So when we talk about movement and my, as my dad explained it, as you age, what happens is that many people have joint pain and arthritis and all these different ailments because of you know, they call it, you know, it's because of aging. Well, what happens as we age is we actually end up moving less. And so when we move less, we are, um, our, our body movement allows us to oil our joints a little bit more. So what we want to do is that, like I said, if you're living a sedentary life, you want to be able to start oiling your joints in a range of motion that feels safe for you. So primal movement wise, one recommendation that I, I, I offer people is that if you can't get on the ground, um, then what you can do is you can do this on your bed and just practice rolling from your back to your front and your front to your back and just see if you can do it. It's actually much more difficult than you think. Um, but just being able to roll over in bed, um, many of you have like, I have clients who have had back pain that can be very difficult. Um, but just practicing those simple movements, but I know dad, there's one of the primal movements that you absolutely love and recommend to everybody. And which one is that one? Uh, the after, so as Julie just said, uh, I really recommend that you watch uh, Dr. Evans' uh, little eight-minute video on twenty-three and a half hours. So you know we'll spoil the we'll spoil the uh, the whole presentation of it, which ultimately lays out in the first four minutes or so uh, what he talks about. And it's sort of a little it's a cartoon in one way, but as he's talking, you know, there's an artist who's drawing uh, the pictures of what it is. And so he talks about, you know, this miracle, uh, this miracle that uh, if you were to put it in a bottle and sell it, uh, everybody would be dying to buy it because it's, it offers so many positive things. And so he lays out uh, all the research. He lays out all the, all the possibilities of what happens and then about halfway through, and he says, and what is this miracle? This miracle is simply walking. And so he, and then he goes on to further explain, uh, you know, the aspect of, you know, more research that sh shows what happens uh, in, you know, different countries as people do more walking. And so the reason that the, the little video is titled 23 and a half hours, as he ends by saying, I don't care what you do for 23 and a half hours, but what you should be doing for the other 30 minutes uh, is moving your body. So, which is, you know, and in my uh, practice, since many of my patients uh, are coming because of some nature of usually some form of a chronic illness, uh, they're not inclined to want to join a gym. Uh, they're not inclined to, you know, want to have to commit themselves to, you know, going to a certain place, uh, being in a gym. So they're looking for something that they can do uh, on their time. Uh, when it's convenient for them, uh, that they're able to do. And so then we can say, well, walking. So, well, what's so, what's so great about walking? Like, why are we walking? Like, 
big deal. Uh, Julie just said, yes, it is to lubricate our joints uh, so that when we're 75 and 80, we can do the things that we still want to do. But there's a physiologic reason that we move, not just to get from point A to point B. Uh, it actually is to move one of the systems that we have previously talked about, which is your lymphatic system. Uh, your lymphatic system makes up for the most part, uh, the biggest part of your immune system. Uh, it is, it has about three or four times more fluid in it that your cardiovascular system does. So we may have uh, three or four pints of blood, but we have three or four times that amount of fluid in our lymphatics. And everybody tends to think that our, our, you know, our circulatory system is sort of how we cleanse our system, but the reality is it's our lymphatic system. Uh, and it's, of curiosity, it's only recently within the last seven years or so that they, uh, medicine has announced that they realize that there's actually a lymphatic system in your brain uh, as well as every other body part. And, you know, you, you may be aware if you've got a sore throat, uh, you know, and you feel your neck, you feel these lumps and bumps, and those are lymph nodes. Uh, and depending how, what your body weight is in your groin area. So the lymph nodes are relatively close to the surface in those two areas, but I can assure you that they're throughout your body. They're everywhere. Uh, and they form an incredibly important part of uh, immune function, but also a cleansing function. So why do we move? Uh, because the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump, uh, unlike our cardiovascular system. And so how do we move our lymph? By contracting our muscles. How do we contract our muscles? We move our body. We move our body through the seven primal movements. Uh, and specifically, uh, the idea of, of uh, walking is uh, is in my opinion, for my patient population, uh, one of the most critical things that they need to do. And as Dr. Evans talks about in, in his little video, uh, how much should you move? And this was just verified by the American Heart Association uh, as of about just a couple of weeks ago in, uh, in the summer, uh, the, that 150 minutes of movement a, a, a week uh, is really perceived to be ideal. Now, uh, you say, well, how much is that? So we're basically, you know, if you look at it, it's a, if you move 30 minutes a day, that's 210 minutes. If you move 20 minutes a day, that's 140 minutes. Uh, so it's, you know, the reality is it's out of 24 hours, uh, what we're asking you to do is to commit yourself to actually do that and do give yourself a 30 day challenge, do a 30 day challenge. And no, no matter what the weather, no matter what it is, find 20 minutes. Uh, maybe it's on a lunch hour, maybe it's on a break time, uh, or maybe it's in the morning, or maybe it's in the evening walking your dog. Uh, you know, whatever it is, just commit yourself, do 30 days in a row, and then decide, how am I feeling? How much different am I feeling after these 30 days than before uh, I committed myself to be able to do that? So that's, uh, that's an important aspect of uh, wanting us to get going. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, making the decision first and foremost is like, Hey, well, why we talk, I always talk about awareness. So first bringing awareness to, you know, what my body needs a little bit more, um, love, I need to move it a little bit more. So that awareness, but also, you know, if you're somebody that struggles with like, where are the, where am I going to find 20 minutes? Where am I going to find 30 minutes a day? Um, I talk about something called movement snacks. So what we do is we actually break it down. So if you're someone that, you know, you can sneak in five minutes here and there, do that multiple times a day. If that works for you, you just got to find what works for you and your schedule, right? So 
It doesn't have to be like all in one. And so for those of you that are like uh, those weekend warriors, you know, you're going to do all 150 minutes in one day. <laughs> it's not necessarily recommended um, per se because the body will take a while um, to recover from that. So let's talk about sustainability for a minute. Um, so how do you know if um, a movement routine or a movement practice is sustainable? Do you want to give, give us the load on that, Dad? Once again, because of my uh, specific pa uh, patient population who may have some, you know, significant health challenges, uh, and they're not able and willing or desire have a desire to go to the gym, and maybe they haven't been able to move much out of their house because of COVID. So, what I have recommended and what I have found to be incredibly effective is what I call the ten-minute rule. Uh, so I have people do whatever it is that they wish to do, whatever activity uh, they wish to start. Uh, in many cases, if they haven't done anything, walking uh, becomes the activity. But some of the patients have actually been much more active than that uh, starting off. So, you know, when they actually come and see me. So I said, OK, well, I'd like you to do your activity. Uh, and then when you're done your activity, uh, what you need to do is I'd like you to rest for 10 minutes. Just sit, relax 10 minutes. And then I want you to get up and do the exactly the same activity again. And if you find that you cannot do the same activity again after a 10 minute rest, then unfortunately what you've done is what we call what you've done is exceeded your physiologic norms. And it's like taking an elastic band and stretching it and stretching it and stretching it and then you overstretch it and it doesn't come back to the normal, the, the, the normal shape again. So what we do therefore is if that's the situation, if you can't repeat it, I said, well, then whatever the activity you're doing, decrease it, decrease what you were doing, do your 10 minute break and do it again. And when you can, when you can repeat it, then slowly start to increase it. And that's how you increase the stamina, uh, of whatever it is you're doing. And you know, if uh, lifting weights is something that uh, you found to be particularly helpful for you, uh, you don't go and try and pick up a hundred pound weight. You start with five pound weights and you do however many reps that you do stop for 10 minutes. And if you can do the same reps again, great. You can do a little bit more the next time. So it doesn't matter what the activity is, uh, but we, the goal is, and what we're not talking about, we're not talking about a competitive game playing soccer or, you know, playing hockey or something like that, which, which is a different rule. We're talking about everyday movement, everyday activity. Those types of recreational sports have a whole different uh, aspect. And we, of course, encourage that, but we don't encourage that uh, if, you, if you're not able to do even the seven primal movements uh, to get started. Right, exactly. So understanding that there's a difference between exercise and movement. And what we're talking about here is really movement for life, that it's, you know, like you can be competitive. And like when I work with clients, when I'm personal training, yes, we have a specific goal of, you know, improving endurance and whatnot. But something that we haven't touched upon in terms of, of uh, type of movements is functional movements. And please understand that the primal movements are, are examples of functional movements, because there are movements that you can certainly go do in the gym, you know, like you can go, you know, do your bicep curls and, and your whatever skull crushers and whatnot and they're going to make your arms look absolutely amazing you can do crunches all day long but what we want to do is we want to make sure that your movements are functional to the needs that you have so one way um 
I test your functionality. It's called a longevity test. Um, it's also known as a get up, get down test. Um, you may have heard of it before. It's become pretty mainstream. You've seen it, like I've seen it a lot in, on mainstream media now. And basically what the test is, and I encourage everybody to do this, and I actually practice this uh, with my clients um, pretty much every workout just to make sure, just to see where we're at. Because every day it can change depending on what's going on. So what the longevity test is, um, is you stand, you're standing and you're going to get down on the ground, um, without using any appendages, meaning try not to use your hands or knees to get down on the ground, sit on your bum and then get back up. I have some people actually lay on the ground, like play dead and then get back up without using any appendages. So, or, uh, falling off balance. So if you have to put a knee or an, uh, uh, an elbow or a hand on the ground, that's okay. You just simply lose a point. So everybody starts with 10 points. Um, get yourself down to the ground and then get back up. So what this is going to do is that it has been measured uh, depending on what your score is, uh, longevity. It, it's there's a direct relation to uh, your longevity, uh, your longevity, right? So if you um, if you get below a three, research has shown that your probability of dying in the next five years is very likely. So that's something that we want to start remedying right away and so like my dad said like get walking or just find something that is sustainable for you that is functional to you and your live your life and something that um that you enjoy because i think that's a big piece of the puzzle a lot of people uh try to do things that there is no joy i mean movement is to me is joy because it, movement is life so without movement your life just just shrunk right up and so imagine like my parents are big travelers i know my dad's my parents are planning on going to spain uh soon so you know i think about i've actually had clients who have not been able to travel because they uh are afraid of lifting luggage over their head in the overhead compartment and not being able to sit on a plane for a period of time. I've had clients, uh, you know, like they book a trip um, on a plane for a certain amount of time because they can't sit that long because their back hurts. So, you know, you got to take a look at what are the things that you really enjoy and be able to, to link that to your movement plan and go from there. Um, one other thing I wanted to add is something we, we talked about with, with walking is 10,000 steps. So I don't know if any of you have heard this before, but where do 10,000 steps come from? Come from like it's, I want everybody to know it's just an actual, it's an arbitrary number. And how it came to be is there was actually a pedometer that was created by a Japanese scientist and the name of the pedometer uh, in English translation is 10,000 steps. And that's where it came from. So it's, you know, it's not like you're like, oh my God, I got to get to my 10, 10. I hear that all the time to clients. I got to get my 10,000 steps in. I got to get my 10,000 steps in. It's not 10,000 steps. It's what, what um, works for you. So if, you know, if you've been averaging, if you put your pedometer on, you're like, I only walk a thousand steps. Well, you know what? Start there. Start there and try to do it every day. You know, like walk your 10, you know, thousand steps and next thing you know, it might get a little bit easier, but you know, try to make it as functional to your own life and not compare against what's the rest of the world doing. If you, you know, move for you um, and understand why you're doing it uh, and make it fun, you're much more likely to do it. Right. Anything else you want to add, Dad? Just to reiterate that it's uh, whatever activity that it is to do, um, differentiating, as you clearly pointed out, there is a difference between sort of uh, exercise and movement. 
um, you know, we would encourage people who still have the ability to, you know, join a team or a club or whether they want to go rowing or kayaking or pedaling or swimming or, you know, it doesn't matter what the activity is. Uh, but if it's not fun and it's not sustainable, then it just becomes something, you know, a blip in time, uh, you know, and we're really interested in your level of health uh, as you age. Uh, yes, there's a natural aging process where, you know, our muscles uh, get weaker. Um, unfortunately, we tend to gain weight, whether you change your the number of calories in, calories out uh, or not. Uh, so the, the goal is this, this whole idea of uh, sustainability, the whole idea of uh, the functional fitness. Uh, and then on top of that, you can sort of do anything else that you want. But absolutely a critical uh, component of, of, your, of health. Uh, it can't be overemphasized. And, you know, it's, while it is an activity, remember, really, one of the physiologic things that it's doing is your lymphatic system. Uh, in previous podcasts, we've mentioned, you know, a couple of the, several of the other uh, types of treatments that you can do that are recommended for health in general. Uh, we've recommended casserole packs, of course, because we know that you could do a casserole pack, take a blood test, uh, do a casserole pack, and a few hours later, repeat the blood test, and you'll actually see uh, that your lymphatics, uh, your lymph systems, uh, your white blood cells have actually increased. Uh, we know that dry skin brushing uh, is also uh, a type of thing that that has been shown to support the movement that within the limp, um, typically recommended to do in the at nighttime, uh, because of the fact that uh, you know when you're going to basically be going to sleep for the next seven and a half to eight and a half hours, your lymphatic system is tending to be a little bit slower, and for anybody who wakes up in the morning and and you know, irregardless of, you know, specific types of pains and joints, if you sort of get up and are sort of stiff and sore to get going, and then once you get moving, it's like, oh, I feel so much better. That's, that's a classic sign of lymphatic congestion. And it just says that, oh, I definitely need to be moving my lymph more, uh, doing the casserole pack and the, and the dry skin brush uh, in the evening. It's probably something by just by themselves as well as some everyday, uh, you know, movements would probably uh, negate that particular issue. Um, and so, you know, you can go back to your, your goals of, of travel and working and playing with the grandkids, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we can't overemphasize uh, that movement it has to be a, a, an absolute essential part of uh, everyday life. It's just as important as eating. It's just as important as drinking water. Uh, just as important uh, of getting enough sleep and uh, all the other things that we've talked about on our previous podcasts. Absolutely. So to add on to the lymphatics, I, I tend, I'm getting this a lot on social media, a lot of questions about it is that what happens, what do I do when I have um, blockages in my lymphatics? Like, let's say um, you do have, you know, you have a swollen lymph node um, in your throat or in your armpit, really common. No, and the reason for why is it typically there or in your uh, groin, um, because there's a, a higher concentration of lymph nodes there. But what do I do um, when I have that congestion, what's important is that, um, you want to be able to open up the drains. And what I talk, when I, what I mean by that is that there are two main drains underneath your collarbone on either side, uh, of your body. And in the center, um, there's the, the thymus gland and your thymus gland is, uh, your largest lymph node. That's basically in the middle of your chest. 
And it's like my dad said, it's very near the surface. And uh, what I find oftentimes when I encourage people just to rub their chest to open up the drains first is that they push too hard. And so I think that's the thing too, is that when we talk about, you know, the function, the functionality of movement and doing movements, many people, um, come at it from a, a to-do list action and the mentality of it has to be difficult or, you know, I need to sweat or I need to be sore afterwards. But what's important is that like when we're trying to move lymphatics and we're trying to move my body, like be gentle and be kind to your body. So if you open up the drains and just simply massage the area that may be uh, congested, just start by a simple massage. Like per, for me, I work on energetics, uh, energetically. So in terms of working with all the meridians, so I recommend 36 circles clockwise, 36 circles counterclockwise. And why is it 36? It's because you have 12 energy meridians and there's three parts of you, which is yin yang and you. So three times 12 is 36. So what we do is that we just rub those, spa those spaces underneath your collarbone um, and in the center. And then also understand that lymphatics is a bottom up. It actually starts from your feet and goes up and actually exchanges into the circulatory system um, right next to your heart. And so essentially um, that's why like when you see dry skin brushing um, uh, done, it's typically uh, bottom up. And also important to understand if you're going to talk about lymphatics is that you should always start on the left side. And why is that is because um, the main portal, the more the main drain, like three uh, three quarters of your uh, drainage is all on the left side. So there's actually like the right side um, to the liver and the right hand, it actually drains on the right side, and then the rest of your body, both legs, the hips, the groin, everything, um, the abdominals, all drain on the left side to go into the circulatory system. So when you are moving your lymph, um, just something to keep in mind. I want to throw in there is that start on your left side, but open your drains first, and then go from the feet up. But be kind, be gentle, and so that's the biggest thing when I talk about movement snacks and getting people going with movement is that. And also, it's it's important to note if you do um, struggle with uh, clogged lymph nodes uh, regularly, then it's definitely something you should get checked by a doctor. Um, it's not something that you should ignore, but um, definitely get that checked out to make sure that it's nothing more serious. But it's definitely important for you to um, keep moving your lymphatics in a um, specific way because I'm definitely someone who can tell you if you move it the wrong way, it can congest you even more and it definitely does not feel very good. So if you have more questions about it, um, I have definitely lots of stuff on my website and on social media. There's a map on how you can help support your lymphatic system from there. Great. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share, Dad? Uh, I think we end this video with uh, what we do is we, uh, if you're not moving by taking a walk or doing something while you're listening to it, uh, get up, stop doing what you're doing and get outside and move your body for at least a few minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, we should have probably prefaced this by, yeah, you should be listening to this video while walking. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be the ideal. Yes. Fact, get out and yeah. re-listen to this while you're walking. And then there you go. That'll get your 30 minutes in for today. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all for being here. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll reference uh, the YouTube video and the, um, 
the map, the the lymphatic drainage map, and any primal movement stuff that any questions that you have about it, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to answer that. And in our next podcast, we're going to be covering the big old topic of nutrition and what are the ideal foods and what type of diet that could possibly be supportive for you and your overall health. So we look forward to chatting with you then and and having you listen in at that time. All right. Thanks so much for being here and have an amazing day. Talk to you next time. We want to remind you that knowledge isn't power. Applied knowledge is power, where knowledge turns to experience. We encourage you to implement the information shared, allowing you to shift your energy from head to heart. If this is your first time listening, we would love for you to subscribe uh, to connect and grow with us in the coming weeks. If you'd like we, what you've been hearing today, we encourage you to go wherever you're listening to leave a review. Tell us what you loved about the episode. Tell us which one was your favorite and share topics you would like us to talk about. And if you're interested in learning more about biological medicine, uh, go to my website, drdixontom.com. And if you'd like to learn more about how to shift your nervous system and heal using movement, I encourage you to visit fitimize.ca to learn more. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to connecting with you on the next episode.